If you think we're going to the millennial tour for B2K, this podcast ain't for you. If you still supporting pissy ass R. Kelly, this podcast ain't for you. If you're still pronouncing that word for an internet joke as Mimi, this podcast still isn't for you. Look, if you counted us out, motherfucker, you dirty dog bastard, you. This podcast ain't for you. Welcome. Look, uh, we recording the wee hours of the morning. Wee hours of the morning. It's going to get done. It, by any means necessary. So we, far, so good. Yeah. Uh, Not as good as we would like it, but it's getting better. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I just <laughs> want y'all to know. I got my nightcap to the, the left of me. <laughs> We're going to get in fuck them. We're going to get in B2K and them fuck niggas later. <laughs> That's pretty Ricky. How dare you? I don't even know the difference. Uh, I got my liquor to the left of me. I have my Red Bull to the left of me. And I got my shoes to the right of me just in case I decide to jump off the fucking balcony before <laughs> the shit is done. <laughs> Welcome to You Mad It's a Mean Podcast. We might just do it if the quality on this is <laughs> as trash as the last one. Y'all, we be recording, but we're not sound engineers. Our sound engineer backed out at the last minute hey, fuck of it. the whole this whole planned shenanigan. So... We're doing the best that we can. Yeah. But what we got. We trying, little baby. Look, I, I done fucked up five times before, but look, little baby, I'm here. <laughs> and welcome to You Mad, It's a Mean podcast. The podcast where we discuss the shit you thought you cared about uh, this week or this year since it's 2019. It's the beginning. 2019. New Year, The year of what? New Year, New Us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. New Year, who this? Yes. Uh, this is your boy Chuck and Jordan, and we're here to let you know about the things that have been going on on the interwaves, man. Internets, anything with inner in the front of it, we're letting <laughs> you know about it, and everything in between. And uh, speaking of in between and uh, young oh. mornings, I want to get right to the smack, the the straight pissiness of this. Mm. And we're going to spend some time, so buckle buckle up, because I have many takes and oh. many many different lanes I want to go. I didn't even know there this. was a there was a thesis and an outline. Yes, I, I've been thinking about this for a minute, oh, no. and I've been letting Black Twitter and our Black Queens discuss this forever. But now, let me mansplain this shit enough oh, for everybody to be pissed off. So R. Kelly, uh, let's discuss. First him. and foremost, before we get into it, have you did you watch? All six. Okay, so what we're discussing is Lifetime. Yes. Dropped a series called Surviving R. Kelly. Yes. And it was an in-depth expose, according to them, Mm -hmm. alleged, according to R. Kelly, of all of his actions regarding women and underage women over his career, really, over the last... 25? Yes. 25, 30 years? Yeah, we're pushing it to 30 right now. Um which involves a lot of things, um, including having sex with underage women mm-hmm. and then delving all the way into holding them hostage yes. <laughs> in his home. It started with R. Kelly. Uh, this is the guy who uh, at one point in time in his life was uh, sexually assaulted by a family member. They started there and they took it all the way to... Now R. Kelly has a sex cult, and everything in between was complete fucking madness. And there was a lot of alleged shit going on. There was definitely a lot of proof going on on top of that, and a lot of uh, survivors of R. Kelly as well as uh, people that were in his camp to uh, give 
testimony and their take on what was going on. Uh, just to give you a little background, if you didn't watch any of it, because I'm pretty sure Jordan watched 0% of Surviving R. Kelly. Accurate. Uh, they started off with, like I said, uh, how R. Kelly was assaulted by a family member. There are sources that were saying it was his sister. Uh, him, R. Kelly, and his brothers uh, were all assaulted. The, there was a brother that was in jail that was given uh, his takes on the R. Kelly situation. Um, fast forward, fast forward. If you've never heard of an artist, because I didn't know she, all of her music isn't on streaming services. It's only her first album, Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Aaliyah, uh, R. Kelly befriended, then uh, married Aaliyah. Uh, at the time, everybody in the industry was like kind of questioning, kind of not. They were kind of, everybody was curious, like, what is he really doing? What is in, his intentions? They end up getting married. Uh, on the marriage certificate, her age said 18, but in all actuality, she was 15. Uh, and so R. Kelly was 25, I believe, at the time. Mm -hmm. And he marries this 15-year-old. Uh, the industry kind of looks at it like maybe she was just a old soul. Maybe she was just, you know, someone who R. Kelly got close with and kind of got herself caught up. And then over the years after the Aaliyah, uh, the marriage and the separation... Over and over and over again, he sleeps with 17 to 18 year old women, manipulates them, uh, kind of coerces them into his lifestyle of, I wouldn't say sadistic, but real weird sexual things. I, no, I don't want to say weird because that's one of my takes. He was having interesting sex with these underage women, women, I'll say that. Uh, and he's holding them hostage. Uh, there are parents on the documentary who haven't seen their child in years. That's interesting sex for you. Continue. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> uh, who haven't seen their daughter in years. Uh, who actually, there's one parent or mo one mother who actually found her daughter uh, f during the documentary ends up rescuing her from the class, quote, quote, of R. Kelly. And all of the information that was presented was known information. We all knew R. Kelly had a sex cult. We all knew R. Kelly married well, Aaliyah. Okay, wait. I don't know that we... We didn't all know that R. Kelly had a sex cult until like two years ago. When okay, yeah, all yeah. of this information came yeah. out in written form. Mm -hmm. There was like investigations done, like reports done, like news-wide. Right. And those parents spoke to the news. Yeah, and some of the survivors. Yeah. Um, and then it turned into this Lifetime series. Because Lifetime was like, chomp, jumped on that real fast. Baby shark, do, 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 There do. was suspicion and or it was well known in the music industry that he fooled with young girls. Mm -hmm. No one really knew the full extent except for the people that was really in his camp of what was going on in that house. Yeah. Continue. Okay. I for, I lost my train of thought. But the moral of the story is towards the, uh, the four, five, and six of the documentary uh, showing some of the current parents who are still uh, not in contact with their child uh, and they were trying to get in contact with them. And before we'll get into like some of the shit people are saying about R. Kelly, like the defenders of Kelly, but like uh, these were like active parents in their child's lives. They were trying to either, you know, uh, 
find their child a music career, something they wanted to pursue, or maybe they just so happen to be at the wrong place, wrong time, and R. Kelly kind of jumps on the situation. And he historically over his, you know, 25, 30 year career has been a piece of shit and has historically like fucked over women. Like there are herpes allegations, a, a woman uh, comes out and says, you know, I am positive with herpes or Kelly gave it to me and she's suing. Uh, it, it's just a, it was a lot to take in. I felt like the climate needed it because this is, we're on the fucking witch hunt. Uh, for anybody who's done any wrong in the 90s. And R. Kelly was definitely one of those people in the 90s that capitalized on his money and power. And instead of even getting at his own, own like playing field, like someone his age, he crept pride uh, and, you know, manipulated young women. And that's the moral of the surviving R. Kelly documentary. Quite on the set. It's a professional recording, sir. My bad. I can't silence my watch. I forgot how to do it. Bet we lit now. Okay. You start. So. With your outline. My outline of what I think. You said you were were ready for this. This this is is my thing. Um, Number one. I agree with 100% with R. Kelly's canceled. I've canceled R. Kelly a long time ago. At least a few years ago, once when these allegations like resurfaced, uh, and I, anytime like his music comes up, my my mom is real big on R. Kelly. She probably made me to R. Kelly. That's how much she. You can it, when your parents would listen to Guns and Roses, <laughs> my parents would listen to R. Kelly Twelve Play. I was probably made to him. I understand that. Uh, but when I decided to cancel R. Kelly, I wanted everybody around me to. And I used to always ask my mom, like, how the fuck can you listen to him knowing what he's done to young women? And she was always on the fact, like, it's all right. Like, that ain't got shit to do with me. Mm. Like, he fucking with them girls. Like, not me. And the climate has changed to, uh, you know, the Me Too movement and, you know, Time's Up and all of these movements. He needs to get pushed out the paint. There, there shouldn't be no more R. Kelly. He should be prosecuted for what he's done. Uh, but there, there's something like ticking in my mind that I, f- I feel like sexual, not deviance, but like the peeing on people shit. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like some people are like grasping on ads, like, Ooh, he's peeing on little girls. I, I just wonder, like, let's remove little girls from the situation. I wonder what the world would be if we just knew our killer was peeing on women. Well, yeah, well, you're removing the main part of it is the fact that, like, yeah, it's kind of like a king shame, but it's not a consensual act. Yeah. Therefore, that part is not relevant. That's what I'm looking for. No, If he was just, like, peeing on women and that's their thing, they like piss play, that's their thing, and, like, we can't, like, shame them for that, that's a whole different conversation. But we can't even have that conversation because the video of him that he was acquitted of or I can't remember exactly what the legal, what the... Because a lot of this is turned into lawsuits I'm instead sure. of actual yeah. charges yeah. like against him. So the video that he has been proven innocent of mm-hmm. was that was peeing on a 14-year-old yes. who was not consensual, period. Doesn't matter if she thought she was into it. She was 14. He was a grown-ass yeah. man. Yeah. 
period. Yeah. There are certain things, um, because, like, a lot of people were like, um, all these girls that's all mad right now are the same ones that was getting picked up at 3 o'clock in the Chargers, um, turning me down, and blah, blah, blah. And I just wanted to be like, yeah, uh, we got manipulated by 25-year-old men at 17. Yeah. That doesn't make it any better. Like, yeah, we were consensual at the time because we didn't know any better. We were children. And there was no one in our lives telling us that this wasn't okay. And at 16, 17, when an adult man is interested in you, like, you're like, oh. It seems as if, you know, like, I'm doing something to make myself known to this, this, you know, 25-year-old guy. And in that relationship, it's not the teenager's responsibility to be like, this is not okay. Right. Because I had also multiple relations with, like, men who I never went to high school with. Like, there's definitely dudes who, like, met in high school, they graduated, then there's that, like, we still know each other, but I'm still in high school. That's one thing. But I definitely met men, (laughs) grown-ass men, Mm -hmm. as a high schooler, knew I was in high school, knew my parents, who still pursued me actively. Yeah. And one of them kissed me. And I still think about that. I didn't move on any more physical than that, but I have friends that did. And, like, I didn't fault them for it. I was like, yeah, go for it. Do your thing. We but was all we doing were it. kids. Our whole little clique was doing it because we thought it was cute. Right. And there was no one to tell us otherwise. And these men didn't think that there was anything wrong with it either. And like since then, because I think about it now, like the dude that like was in my life the most is our age now when I was 17. Yeah. He, I, If one of my friends right now was like, I'm messing with a high schooler right now, I would go, I would lose my entire shit. I wouldn't lose shit. I would just stop talking to him because obviously you there's nothing, there's no connect. Like, but then at that point, I like feel like I'm responsible for this this girl. Oh, okay. Because so. there were definitely situations that I was put in that I didn't feel comfortable with. But that's high school in general because the climate was different for us in general. So my mindset at 17 is not what these 17 year olds know now. Mm-hmm. There's knowledge that I didn't have at that time that I wish I would have because things would have been different. I would have handled myself a little differently because there are definitely things that. Within the last couple of years, I realized we're not my fault. But the whole time I blamed on myself for the way that I dressed, for the way that I acted. Like, yeah, people are, should be able to call me this because I presented myself in this way. So that's who that's my fault. Like mm-hmm. it I've had to like rewire my brain. There's still some things that I blame myself for that I don't think are necessarily my fault. And like consent was such a blurry, like misty cloud <laughs> when we were teenagers that there's like certain knowledge now that I have, like I can't go back and I can't pretend like it's not there. Mm -hmm. So if I was to know it now, I feel like I would, there's, I, now that I have the knowledge, I have to like be responsible for making sure that it doesn't happen to someone else. I can't just look the other way. Right. But anyway, that was a full left turn. We'll come back to it. There's going to be a lot of left turns. (laughs) There is. This is R. Kelly. This is weird. In the end, at the end of the day, if this were an issue of kink shaming, we would take it there. But it it, it is not. <laughs> that yeah. element doesn't play into effect because at the end of the day, it's not a consensual relationship. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I don't know. I get this is... I, I don't even want to try to play like devil's advocate. We need to get R. Kelly the fuck out of here. Like, in all shape, forms, and facets. If anyone... I don't understand... It's a difference between like the uh, Kanye West or the who who's someone else who's divisive that 
like their opinions differ, but it's not dictating or doing any kind of harm to other people. Uh, Kanye instantly comes to mind, mm-hmm. but I can't think of someone else's like Charlemagne oh. back in the day. Yeah, he's kind of mellowed out recently. It, there are people in the industry who, even if you don't agree with, aren't doing harm to other people. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people were like, well, R. Kelly is just a scapegoat because this is what was happening in the industry at the time. Yeah. And they were like putting up like when Jay-Z met Beyonce, she was like 16. And uh, there was like a lot of other comparisons and things like that. And uh, I think my biggest thing is, is if your argument is deflection, yeah. It's weak in, in and of itself and invalid. If you don't have a point, which there is no point to be made, but if you're not coming back with actual contradictory information that makes sense and has evidentiary support that changes the outlook on this, mm-hmm. if your only argument is, okay, but look at this guy. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, that's not an argument. That's the same shit. Like, if your friends jumped off the ledge, would you yeah. do it? Like, well, R. Kelly was fucking these yeah. 13-year-old bitches. So I let's guess all jump all. off the yeah. fucking bridge. Yeah, no, it's, it's not Ain't cool. no budgie cord, motherfucker. You all dying. Right. We're <laughs> focusing on R. Kelly. If we need to focus this shit on someone else, we can do that and at another time. At the end of the day, he is manipulating these certain women into almost a like uh Stockholm syndrome like yeah mentality like yeah. that's the other thing that's like no there's a there's a huge huge portion of this that has nothing to do with is the age level what's the mindset blah 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 that's the whole reason why older men shouldn't be messing with younger women is because 14 15 16 17 18 year old women and even up until 25 depending on who they are are so impressionable, just like young men yeah. are so impressionable at that age. So when they're messing with each other, that's whatever, fine. Like you're figuring it out together, whatever. But as an adult who's already figured it out, you have an advantage over yeah. that person and you're exerting, taking that advantage of that person and then manipulating it in not only their mind, but their your mind and making it seem okay. And now you've altered their reality without allowing them to figure it out themselves. Mm. And that's not going to be okay, period. Yeah. There, he was at one point or with every, you know, young lady that he, he was, or any woman in general, because he was messing with uh, young women, women of his age sometimes, mm-hmm. or a little bit younger, but he was making them call uh, him daddy mm-hmm. to kind of, uh, you know, brainwash them. Yep. And I could, if I, if I was a complete, uh, like, I don't even want to say savage, like sadistic motherfucker. I could do this to someone because I get people. So if I wanted to like fuck somebody's life up, I could because it's certain triggers you can do, especially with someone younger, to completely fuck up their Mm -hmm. lives and then make them something that you own in a sense. Like now you're mine because I've warped you X, Y, and Z ways to then you wouldn't know any other better but to know me. Mm-hmm. If you're, if for example, like men sometimes have like discussions about women with like daddy issues. If you take a chick with daddy issues at 30, there's still some kind of molding and manipulation you can do if you wanted to mm-hmm. because they didn't have that example, uh, 
you know, from one to 30 mm-hmm. of, of a woman. Imagine if you cut that in half and you get a 15, 16, 17 year old chick with daddy issues or with whatever kind of issues they have. And you're already aware of those things. You know what holes need to be filled. Mm-hmm. No pun intended in order to <laughs> fuck them pause. over. I was on a roll. I had to fuck it up. Uh, what holes needs to be filled in order to mm-hmm. make them whole. And that's the whole point of the new conversation about consent is that back in the day, the conversation about consent is, well, you can, so go forth. And the conversation now is just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm-hmm. And it's not just her decision. It's a decision between the two of you. And if you have the um, mental capacity and the critical thinking skills to understand that you are changing the situation. Like we're trying to instill empathy and compassion into young men that didn't exist before. Yeah. Cause before it was all about me and mine and what's my way and let me exert my way. And as long as I hear her say yes, or as long as I even hear her be like, eh, <laughs> yeah. then go for it, do your thing. And that's that lack of empathy, <laughs> that lack of empathy or even, well, that is what empathy is, is seeing where that person's coming from and how they're feeling almost uh, ranges on soci- sociopath. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I don't give a shit about anybody else's feelings and just ignoring all emotions and just going, just being motivated by like being able to manipulate someone. And just because he could, he was like, I should, this is my world. This is yeah. what I deserve as the man that I am because I'm man enough for this that I should be able to do this. And that mentality has got to like just completely be erased. Not only man enough, but I have enough. I I am man enough. I have enough power. Yeah, I have I'm enough, important. Yeah. I'm so important that I deserve this. I have this enough how celebrity. how going about this. So if you're not only a sociopath, narcissistic, uh, someone who is uh, completely, you know, self, not loathing, self- uh, Whatever, you, narcissistic, and then you put on top of now I have the power, and then uh, now I have the wealth, and now I have the celebrity. Because at one point in time, R. Kelly was the king of R and B. There mm-hmm. wasn't anything bigger or better than Kelly. Mm-hmm. So you put all that in someone's lap who has a uh, a way with children, or wants nothing but someone who is younger than him to mold, manipulate, and then make. That's what he gets off on. Yeah. So you put all that together, then of course he's going to fuck over dozens of women and and have his way. And then not only did he do that, he went to trial and then got away with and got it. Got away with it. Because all the money, power, mm-hmm. success that he and had. And there's an entire industry that looked the other way so that they could continue making money with him and off of him. Yeah. Everybody wanted money because Kelly was the hit maker at one point in time, which sidebar, but there was a meme going around. Uh, <laughs> B King put it up. R. Kelly had the same ballad and uh, like guitar riffs for like 14 of his top hits. <laughs> it was like the same, like four little slow well, songs shit, in a He turned gu- a trap drum. in the closet into like a. 30 track situation it's the exact same melody every song he's just changing the storyline exactly 
Yeah, man. Every time I think of R. Kelly now, I think of Trapped in the Closet. And I just hum it in my head and then And then speaking myself. of Trapped in the Closet, if you get into that shit and you look deeper that's into it. that storyline, that shit is problematic no, in no, and of itself. No, 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 no. <laughs> Trapped in the Closet, that's, that's eons away from the real problematic shit. R. Kelly wrote, produced... And made his own music, and the majority of everything in his nine in the nineties was problematic. Oh, he wrote a song. There was one like little tidbit, and everybody minds is blown. Uh, R. Kelly wrote "You Are Not Alone" for Michael Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson made the song, whatever. R. Kelly wrote that song for a teenager who he who uh, miscarried his baby. So she like was at the whatever it was a. Uh, That's a lot. Yeah. So our, Mike Jackson's like singing "You Are Not Alone." I'm here with you. Kelly's really made that. Uh, Kelly really made that song for a teenager who lost his baby, and oh. when that was like on the first part, I believe. And me and Khadija was like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" Like, here's what? another wild take about that that I thought this was going with because, of course, I didn't watch the series. I thought you were about to say that he wrote it for Michael Jackson to sing it because. Michael Jackson has also been accused of some of the same uh, things. And he's like, you're not alone. Oh, <laughs> wow. Damn. Oh, but that's a whole different story. Michael Jackson's accusers came out and said they lied. But I also believe, because now they're doing an R. Kelly, I mean, a Michael Jackson documentary. Michael Jackson might get out the paint if they get enough people on, on board. I think that... Um, if you delve deeper into the Michael Jackson situation, because, you know, a lot of people don't want to tank that legacy, so they only talk so much about it. But, like, that last interview at fucking The Ranch, um, there was some severe child abuse going on there. Yeah. And I think he spoke and acted like a child. Yeah. I think that he had reverted to a certain mentality, and he had some sort of dissociation going on. Yeah. So... There was definitely some questionable choices. There was definitely some things people were letting an adult get away with that shouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that it was sexual. I think that there was some... In this climate, if Michael Jackson was still alive with whatever accusations come forth, if they have a little bit of stickiness to him, Mike Jackson out the paint. Yeah, it's bad. But this is another thing. If you think about it, who are the, the typical... Like African American heroes, you got to think Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. uh, R. Kelly, sure, Mike Jackson. You can say like the East Coast had like the Jay Z's, the Nas's, uh, the Wu Tang's, whatever the fuck. They they still good. They're still sanctified. Uh, the South had like UGK and who who's from the South that was making TV? Nobody. Yeah, nobody. Because media wasn't popping out in the West or South like that. Yeah, no one was really focused yeah. on the South. But the moral of the story is uh, Bill Cosby, which everybody tried to hold on to so tight, is currently behind bars, mm-hmm. and his legacy is tainted forever. My children would not know Bill Cosby. The uh, It's a different world, the Cosby show. They would know him as, oh, that's the man that made some shit but was raping women. That's how my children would know Cosby. As well as Kelly, even though his music will still slide into whatever party, whatever culture, like my mom isn't going to stop playing Kelly. She's mm-hmm. still, I need to ask her about it, but I'm pretty sure she's still on Kelly tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, pun intended. Let's intend that pun. And 
So he's going to kind of slide for a little bit, but my children will know like this man was someone who manipulated women. Like the majority of our nineties heroes is kind of dying. Prince, Prince is still out here. There's nothing against Prince. Yeah. See, Prince was someone who was comfortable in his own sexuality and exercised it in a responsible manner and said, fuck y'all, I'm going to do what I want to do. And people tried to kink shame him and call him weird. Yeah. He's a real weirdo. Hmm. And I'm pretty sure Bill Cosby has something to say about it, too. You nasty fuck. Nasty fuck. And that's another thing, like, Kelly, from, like, 90 to, like, 2015, had... At least one hit song like Kelly was a thousand for a thousand. Mm-hmm. Not only did he make his own music, he wrote for B2K. Mm-hmm. He wrote for so many other people. Aaliyah, which is an iconic artist who were was tragically lost before you know the peak of her career. He wrote for her. Then he married her. Then he fucked her. <laughs> and then that was all whole. You know, got her pregnant apparently whole bunch of shit but it i don't want to say it sucks like i wish kelly didn't do this because his legacy without the child shit would be stapled for centuries yeah this this man was a hit maker but you know you you can't do what you did and Mm -hmm. think you're gonna get away with it dog you gotta Mm -hmm. you're done there's no way out of it yeah and, like, I'm not here for cancel culture. Like, if his song, like, was to come on where I'm at, fuck it, whatever. Like, I'm not going to be, like, all up in arms and be like, you must turn this shit off. But what I'm not going to be doing is showing up to a club appearance immediately after this show, show comes out, hyping him up and, like, fucking getting excited for him and telling him to take me hostage. Did you see that? I've seen he was at a club singing Trapped in a Closet and the bitches was... Singing Trapped in the Closet with him. Yeah, and they was like, yeah, take me. Like, I wish you would take me hostage. Like, you're, ew. <laughs> that's disgusting. And what I, I don't think, that's that's what made me, like, bring up the pen shit. I don't think, <sighs> this is going to offend people, but let me, let me work through it. I don't think most women, I don't even want to put it to a race. Most women understand the turmoil, like the mental wreckage you go through in a situation with R. Kelly. Because like I, I think they're just looking at him like a sex symbol or someone who could potentially, oh, he may give me some decent dick. Uh, whatever, whatever. And he made XYZ songs, so of course he can do sexual pleasures. I don't like for someone to take a child, put him in a room, cut off all communications. Yeah. Even with family. Then make them do sexual acts uh, unwillingly with other women. Uh, record everything he does with these women. Um, afterwards, treats you like a rag, puts you back in your box. Sometimes, it was at one point in time, like, he w- wasn't even let- allowing them to go to the bathroom. They was pissing and shitting in pots. Like, it, he, like, manipulated and fucked up so many women. And for you to say, like, oh, I want to be a part of that. Either you have no self-worth or you don't understand what the fuck he's doing to these people. Yeah, and that's a big part of it is they, they just don't get it and just refuse to refuse to recognize it, which is what's so sad about it. Also, let me get... And motherfuckers, <laughs> for y'all to, like, say, let's say, uh, 
Andrea Kelly, who was married to R. Kelly, who uh, came out during the documentary, who, you know, was against R. Kelly during the documentary, but months prior was uh, recording herself either like singing R. Kelly's song or supporting R. Kelly or saying she hopes he, that he's uh, in her children's lives or whatever, whatever. I just want y'all to research Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> because I there's... I've seen, even before this R. Kelly shit, I've seen dozens of cases of people being uh, kidnapped, manipulated. Uh, what was the the one motherfucker, that, the, the white lady that got kidnapped and was held for like seven years and yeah. they found her? Uh, damn, what was well, her Well, there name? was Elizabeth Smart. Yeah, Elizabeth Smart. And she like, they walked into a town and she spoke to people and didn't like... Didn't tell them who she was. Yeah. Went back to the wilderness with her captor. Right. And then when, even when they were found out by the police, because the dude that she got caught by wasn't psychotic, clearly, and like was really dumb with it. The police kept, had to ask her multiple times to like say who she was, but she was so scared because I actually watched her, her documentary where she speaks on it now, which also was very eerie. She was like way too like... I've given it up to God and now I have a blessed life. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Everything's wonderful now. Like, it was too much of that. Like, she did cry some, but it just was like, I don't know. I don't know if I would be able to, like, talk about that. Yeah. For, like, like I get it. You want to show people that you can come back from it because she's married. She has a child. And that man took her virginity and was, like, raping her multiple and multiple times. Mm-hmm. That was the thing where I, and my thought would be, at that point, why would you ever want to have sex again? Because, right. like, your only thought process with it is, like, something traumatic and i can't imagine how going back into any kind of a physical intimate intimacy situation wouldn't be like a major trigger which i guess she's worked through it or whatever that's besides the point the police officer had to convince her that she was okay and that she could be safe and even when she did she said um like a bible verse because everything he did he claimed god was ordaining him to do Mm -hmm. so that was what they were doing in the woods the whole time so all of her speech was like old biblical and so she said something that was not even like, yes, I'm Elizabeth or like, I'm fine. Um, or yeah, please take me in. It was like even coded at that point because she was mm. still scared. She could see him in handcuffs and the woman that also ca- held her captive in handcuffs. She's surrounded by police, couldn't tell them who she was because she knew who she was, but she couldn't wrap her mind around the idea that she was actually safe. Yeah. Matter of fact, the little girl that just got kidnapped, which I didn't think they were going to find her alive. Her parents were found murdered. Yeah, I heard about that. And she had disappeared. They just found her. She was 30 miles up the road. Right. In the same state. Which, and we don't know what her situation is yet. Like, they could have had her, like, tied down or something like that. But, and she managed to get away and, like, tell them her name. But, I mean, it's really simple to, like, have people manipulated like that especially when they're that young and that impressionable right that's the thing young impressionable and the thing with stockholm is you find empathy with your uh the the person who kidnapped you Mm -hmm. instead of thinking about yourself you think about them and then you think about how you would be disappointing them if you then uh came to reality and then owned up to your own truth it's Mm -hmm. like oh how could i upset r kelly 
when he's done X, Y, and Z for yeah, me. Yeah, he's helped me. He's given yeah. me these opportunities and blah, blah, blah. He's fed this me. This is just things me. that I'm supposed to do. He's put a roof over my head as if he was your daddy, which he was making him fucking say. Which is what he wanted. Yeah. And that's the control that he got off on, which is sick. If it's not entered into, and like I said, if there was some consent here of any form, then it's a conversation about kink shaming. Because there are people that enter into these types of relationships. Mm -hmm. Typically, they're documented. They're always by two consenting adults. And it's something that works out for them. And it never gets to this point. They have safe words. Yeah. (laughs) And you said one key word, adults. Mm -hmm. These are teenagers. You sick fuck. (laughs) Fuck R. Kelly. I know. The whole thing just blows my mind. That's why I had no intention of watching it. Because I read the articles recently Um, Because it's one of those things also where, you know, things are definitely made up for tabloids and people Mm -hmm. will exploit a story to, like, get a a storyline. And you never know, like, what's true and what's not true except for the fact that there was a fucking video and it's still... um, He still got away with it. Um, But then the the recent interviews that had come out about them being trapped in the house, that's when I was, like, done. I had been done a year ago. (laughs) So I didn't need this little documentary. Um... It's, I guess the documentary is what it took for people to talk about it enough. And it's definitely a discussion that needed to be had. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're just going to have to be the scapegoat and you can be mad about it. Because cause he's like disgusted by it and he thinks that it, it's a vendetta out to get him. Yeah, he's having panic attacks. And before the documentary released, after the documentary released, fuck that. Yeah, sorry, man. We don't have no sympathy for yeah, you. Yeah, man. You knew what the fuck. And this is the thing, like... I'm pretty sure in the 90s, nobody expected the internet to be so fucking easily accessible. Everybody to be connected within a touch of your thumb. And so if you were in the 90s and you were strong and powerful, the 70s, 80s, 90s, that goes to Cosby, Weinstein, and... uh, Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner. Also needs to be uh, persecuted in the same manner. Yeah. It's it, just that he's not around. <laughs> yeah, he he did that. It, it's like if you had so much power and it was like, there's nothing that can stop me. Nobody will ever find out. Mm-hmm. And if they do find out, I have enough money yeah. to cancel this and shit. And there's no proof. There's no proof. Yeah. There's nothing just, to record me. Yeah. Even if you, you get the best lawyers, I will pay you outside of court to shut you the fuck that's, up. All of them were lawsuits that had been settled since then. Right. Any other allegation that had come against them was a lawsuit. That they settled. And if they did settle the lawsuit, that NDA was fucking platinum, mm-hmm. gold, concrete, and nobody was yeah. of, uh, strong enough to even try to battle that. Until like the Stormy Daniels and the R. Kelly victims and the, Harris, the, the Harvey Weinstein victims finally came out and was like, fuck this NDA. Fuck that shit that you decided to do in the 90s and the early 2000s, bitch. I'll pay it back. What's up? Yeah. And that's my other thing about this, like, the the deflection argument that everyone has, where it's like, well, what about this guy? What about this guy? Those people are also getting their just desserts one way or another. Like, yeah. it's happening everywhere. We're talking about R. Kelly because he took it to a, I mean, it's all bad and it's all nasty and gross, but we're talking magnitudes and we're also talking imprisonment, basically. Yeah. Technically, no, but technically, yes. Like... I'm calling it now, uh, since this cancel culture, there's no stop. I don't see any time soon. Yeah. Next one up, next African-American, because I'm pretty sure they're going to pick on a white guy or someone else. Uh, but next African-American, Russell Simmons. They're getting him the fuck out the paint. If you don't know what Russell did, he was real rapey. 
from in the early 2000s and was acting real weird to a lot of women. Now, they came out with these allegations and Russell smartly dipped the fuck off. <laughs> he sold all his assets, everything he had with Def Jam, whatever, like, y'all can have this shit, fuck it. He dipped off and was like, I'm finna go do some training and some soul searching. Yeah, I'm gonna go do some yoga in yeah. India. Yeah, that's exactly Bye. what the fuck he did. But once when uh, the, the one woman comes out and was like, hey, remember when Russell did da-da-da-da? He's yeah. next one up. And like it's there was definitely a culture there that is just really, really, really sad. And the, the point is, it happened, and mm. we have to make sure it doesn't happen again. Period, point blank. There is no other explanation around that. Yeah, they're making sure. Yeah. And then just in general, it just doesn't need to happen. Uh, so ASRM, ASMR, ASMR. Anyways, uh, are we done with Kelly? Been done. We trapped in the Kelly documentary. That was weak. I'm sorry. I tried. Um, it's two thirty-eight. <laughs> Bear with me. AM motherfuckers. Off of my phone, please. All right, let's move on to something that's like kind of related, but kind of not related, and hopefully a little bit of a happier version of it. And if we're late as hell talking about this, whatever, we're here. The Millennial Tour. Yeah. Uh, I was born in 1990. Jordan, you too, right? Yes. Yeah, we're both 90 a babies. A couple months here, older, yeah. younger than you. Damn. Uh, and so, who's all on this tour? B2K. Mm-hmm. Pretty Ricky. Mm-hmm. Lloyd. Okay. Chingy. So, but- those four artists alone, or those groups and artists alone, was quintessential are like high school years. Everything they came out with, I remember downloading on BearShare and LimeWire. BearShare. BearShare was first <laughs> and then LimeWire. Uh, what what other? Kazaa. Good Lord. I, I was a CD-making motherfucker. I downloaded everybody's shit illegally. I that didn't have a CD porn. writer. Made me sad. Man, I remember writing a bunch of my classmates' shit. I feel like y'all owe me something because niggas might come out any day now and say I I copyrighted shit. Yeah, it's Mario and the Ying Yang Twins. (laughs) No, Lloyd is on there. Okay. Mario, Ying Yang Twins, Lloyd, Pretty Ricky, and Chingy. That and the headlined by B2K. And the title of the tour says itself Millennial Tour, (laughs) which is. This millennium. Is the fr- I keep saying millennial, but it's millennium tour. Millennium. The millennium tour. But this isn't this like the first tour other than Def Jam really doesn't count for us. That was more my parents' age. This is like the first tour, like reunion tour or like mm-hmm. nostalgia tour mm-hmm. where motherfuckers want to go back and like get ready. Like we're at that age now. I I can't wrap my head around yeah, it. Yeah, our music is classic. <laughs> yeah. Like these are now claps now. Yeah. Like, baby, turn around. Let me see that sexy body go bump, bump, bump. Like, <laughs> how you doing, little mama? Let me whisper in your ear. Like, all that shit <laughs> is dope, and it just takes me back. But are you going to the tour? If I went to the tour, it wouldn't be for B2K. I was not a B2K. Like, I mean, I appreciated B2K for what it was. They were cute, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. Oh, they were not, like, on my, like, list. If I went, I'm going for Chingy. I'm going to chicken head. My fucking ass off. I'm going for Chingy and I, a little bit of Lloyd. He better hit Southside heavy. 
And then Lord have mercy. I might just walk out. <laughs> or maybe at that point I'll be vibing so heavy I'll be like, all right, fuck it, let's go. If I had to pick a no- Lloyd is number one on that list. Uh and then I guess I'll go Lloyd, Yin Yang, B two K. This is the kind of life we were living. I lost my virginity to Lloyd. Ooh. Consensually. You had to throw that out there. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. I, what did I lose my virginity to? My tears. <laughs> I don't know if mine was consensual. Was so stupid. Uh, I, but I'm I'm here for the tour. Yeah. I'm here for it. I'm not going because I've seen the ticket prices for Dallas. I think. Did you what, see the real ones or did you see the meme ones? I, I didn't actually Google it myself. I was just looking at some of my, you know, Twitter friends. Yeah, no, there were some images that were going around before they actually even released it that was like hyping it up, uh, trolling for the fuck of it. Yeah, so if they over, I'd say 200 a ticket, I'm good, love, enjoy. My fiance really wants to go, so I'll support it and I'll entertain the, the idea for her. And I tweeted this, like, if you take your girl to the Millennial Tour, that coochie after that tour is going to be fire. <laughs> so, uh, balconies at, um, I still have never been to this venue in Grand Prairie. Um, uh, the Verizon Center? Yeah, it's 130. That's, that's not bad. The back row is 90 right now. I'm not, I'm not upset at that. Yeah. Um, lower level 200s, 150. Like I said, that was a troll. Let's look at uh, front row. Front row is 400. Nah, I don't fuck with none of them like that. For me, the, the Nick, my nigga, there is nobody from the 2000s that I fuck with that much. Yeah, uh-uh. Kendrick, the only person I pay for 100 for. Nah, Kanye is the only person I pay for 100 for. Kendrick, I'm paying 300 and I like Kendrick more. So, look at my... My the most dumbest. yeah, the most expensive ticket here is for a suite, and it's eight hundred eighty six. Uh-uh. What I That's wish for the Dallas. What they would have done, which they probably didn't want to bet on themselves like that, but they, that they did mid level uh, venues. They should have just did all uh, arenas. Oh, absolutely not! They would have never sold out an arena a day in their lives. What? No. It would not have happened. B2K couldn't have sold out Arena at the end of their careers. I'm not saying at the end look of their careers. The, look at the venues that people are selling at. There are very so, specific people that are going to arenas. Beyonce, they Kendrick, would have Jay-Z, never sold Kanye, out an arena. J. Cole. Not, not multiple arenas. J. Cole has not been in Arena. He's been mid-level. J. Cole is in, he was in American Airlines Center. When? Last tour. Well, then that was the last tour. Before that, he did not do. But, but he did mid-level These are the people that. I remember who are. I'm saying, though, J. Cole just got there. And okay. he's been hot. Okay. That was that album. Uh, Yeah. Adele, Gaga. I'm just thinking of people who go to AA. There's nowhere else they can go in the DFW uh, area. Uh, Yeah, maybe it's 15 to 20 artists that go to American Airlines. Uh, yeah, fifteen and twenty, including like country and shit. But I feel like they could have nah, put fam. the ticket prices a little cheaper, put that shit in the major arena. If you make the ticket prices any cheaper than that, even if you sell out, it's not gonna pay for itself. Hmm. It's not gonna pay so. yeah. for that electric, that money. rent, that yeah. it's not gonna pay for that. 
Uh, Ain't no way. And then pay the, the crew too. Yeah. Ain't no way. Because they had to. They had to put a pretty solid deal on the table for these people to show up, especially pretty Ricky, because them boys been going through it. Yeah. They still fighting. Well, who knows if they even gonna show up? Right. All of them. I wouldn't mind Pretty Ricky either. And I was thinking about that because I was like, I was never really a solid Pretty Ricky fan. But then, like, people kept, like, putting up, like, quotes from songs. And then I would start singing the song. And I was like, was I low-key a Pretty Ricky fan? Everybody I think I was. a Pretty Ricky fan. Because <laughs> even I didn't like Pretty Ricky. But if I wanted Coochie, I had to appreciate <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty Ricky. Pretty Ricky was on every but mix. I and that would... one album is every single song is a cut. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Every single song. Blue, and even if I didn't, realize that I, I didn't realize that I knew the song, I knew the song. Even uh, fuck pretty Ricky, but pleasure plea, pleasure P. Yeah, had claps. Yeah, I was a fan of pleasure P. But that that first album, um, I had a a mini iPod when they first came out, so they wasn't really mini. It was like solid metal. Yeah, and it was just a smaller version of the big white one with the spinning circle one. Yeah, yeah. Hella pretty Ricky on that motherfucker. I'm finna have to listen to pretty Ricky on the way home (laughs) just to remind myself, you know, the greatness of. You know, whatever fucking group they was. What album was that? But they're struggling because they're like really family. Also, speaking of them, never mind, I ain't gonna go there. What? I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. Oh, R. Kelly and uh, Scott Sorch. Or Scott. Uh, Yeah, and B2K. Yeah, he was raping kids. Blue Stars, that's what it was called. Yeah, I knew it was a Blue album. album. Yeah. I remember. Because I had to, you know, burn that shit to a few CDs <laughs> and give it to chicks. Like, hey, give me a little coochie. No? Okay. Let me go on by my day. Let me go into my Spanish class and take a nap. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of Spanish classes taking naps. Never mind. I'm not going to say that out loud. I'll, t- <laughs> I'll s- say that later. <laughs> but, yo, man. One time for growth. I, the other thing that was fun about uh, back then was that our teachers were not aware whatsoever of what we were listening to. Mm-hmm. So they would actually play songs like Grind On Me or Grind With What the hell is the actual name of the... Are your loves like honey? <laughs> yeah, at school dances. And we'd be in there grinding hard to the bitch. Boy. <laughs> Jordan used to be a low-key thought. Um, excuse you. <coughs> I ain't cough or sneeze. Okay. Motherfucker. But so yeah. yeah, man, the the Millennium Tour, Millennia Tour, Millennial, Millennial, no Millennium, Millennium, Millennium. You Malala, keep saying Millennia, Millennia, that's plural. Them niggas is gonna be here in Dallas. Uh, I'm gonna try to get some tickets. Well, the thing is, they're finally hopping on a check that uh, Backstreet Boys figured out three years ago. Yeah, because New they... Kids on the Block teamed up with Backstreet Boys, and they have been touring solid for the last three years. I thought it was going to be like one tour and done. These motherfuckers have been going every summer and living their lives. They're all friends. They all kick it. But that's just two bands also, mm-hmm. which is probably easier than wrangling a bunch of people. But like it's been a solid check for all of them. who were They were all probably like scrambling for like gigs but, here and there. But this is the thing though. Backstreet Boys, New Kids. I don't know about New Kids, but I know Backstreet Boys didn't go through the turmoil of a B2K or a fucking Pretty Ricky Everybody in the Backstreet Boys knew how much money they were getting. Mm. Pretty sure they didn't get fucked over a thousand yeah. times over. They put turmoil on the fucking band. Well, AJ was music. going through his like drug addiction. That was like 
but he was still getting that same check if he spent it on heroin that's his own fuck up because that's what white folk do black folk wasn't getting they fucking checks they no, was just getting ten thousand yeah, dollars like here you go i'm on my whole tap shit let me get on my soapbox brother <laughs> if you ain't hear them them my feet steps let me say hotel one more time that's my favorite word now anyways god damn it our black folk wouldn't get enough money for the amount of work they was putting in, brother. So if they was doing all this work and wouldn't get any money, of course they don't want to continue on with this hoopla of the music industry because they wouldn't get any coins. I'm so done. I got off my, my soapbox. You had a damn point, but you ruined it being an idiot. Yeah, man. Uh, it's 2.50 in the morning. Let me let me cook. I will say this: if I <laughs> if I don't go, I'm paying somebody to bring me back some merch. I want a t-shirt. Ooh, I want the t-shirt. That's that's yeah. that's the gag. That's, Fuck that! I need to get a yeah. shirt at least. I'm like not like because you know usually if it comes to to a show, I'm usually like wrangler, head yeah. wrangler of that. I'm the one person the tickets. I'm finding out who's going, who's not going, and if it comes down to it, I will go by myself if it's something I want to go to. Proven, done that. This is not something that I'm like, yes, I want to go. It's definitely still in the back of my mind. And if it comes up as an opportunity, all right. This is, this is some shit like a group text of somebody just be like, yo, you want to go to this millennia to, millennium tour? And everybody yeah. be like, fuck it. Or if someone like the day of is like, I'm selling two tickets for like 100 each. Yeah. All right. Fuck, fuck it. it. If I'm free, I'm going. I'm with it. All right, man. So we're, we're here for the tour. Uh, us being millennials, we want to see the Millennium Tour. Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to put this in perspective, because I deal with people day in and day out that are only two to three years younger than me, and it feels like a decade. Yeah. Because of our access to the internet just completely changed everything. Blue Stars came out in 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me find some other release dates. Southside, I want to say, came out in like 2004. I feel like we were listening to that in eighth grade. No? Southside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say eighth grade. Let's see. It's crazy. I just like hummed the lyrics and then just took me back to BET. I was like, where was I at in high school when this shit came out? I was still in middle school. Yeah, Southside came out in 2004. That fucking album cover. (laughs) Bruh. What was B2K's first album called? Was it self titled? Maybe. Their first album came out in 2002. Ooh. I do remember that. I remember... That was another thing. I was in a different culture because I was in Waxhatchee. And I came to Texarkana and everybody was talking about B2K. And um, the girls around me were like fucking with like Little Romeo and like uh, Bow Wow. But uh, it was nothing like what was going on in Texarkana. Yeah. And I don't know if it's any stands like for B5 like there was in Texarkana outside of Little Rock. Ah, because they were from Little Rock, right? I believe so. Yeah. That <laughs> the girls, <laughs> we used to be in um, computer class. That's all we would do is uh, hack the security wall because it was trash. Yeah. And then try to get ourselves onto like a thing so that we could play uh, music that and for each other type shit boy and there was no itunes there was no apple there was no streaming services so we had to find like bootleg ways of doing it yeah. or someone would bring a cd and we put it on the computer shit i'm pretty sure youtube wasn't even cracking back then not at all youtube was not a thing back then 
And if it was, we ain't know what the fuck it was. We was just clicking shit until it started playing music. And we was like, bet, here, go right here, little, little, little. There was no such thing as lyric videos. Oh, hell no. Who else was on that tour? When did Mario's first? Mario trying to do grown man things with, uh. Yeah, he did came you out see him doing album. that, like, uh, guitar acoustic version of, uh, Just a Friend? Yeah. I'm not mad at Mario. He he's evolved a, a little. His first album came out uh, in 2002 when he had the Braves, which he really just sampled Biz Marquis song and <laughs> made it the R&B song. And Biz Marquis sampled <laughs> another song, and then the Whisper song came out in 2005. So, uh. and if you like, so we were entering into our freshman year summer of 2005. So, pretty Ricky was a soundtrack to our freshman sophomore year. Yeah, a especially lot that of- summer. A lot of hunching. Ew. I was hunching. not. I was still a virgin. I was hunching. <laughs> I was causing some problems. January, freshman year, the game was changed forever. <laughs> uh, You want me to say your name, girl? You mean you wasn't fucking... Uh, Sharita. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me ride. <laughs> <laughs> You mean fucking you wasn't uh, 13 in the third grade, fucking somebody in the sixth grade? <laughs> no, bro. <laughs> I wasn't doing no hunching back then. Uh, number one, I was in Memphis, and I was getting played like a fiddle out there. The girls <laughs> weren't fucking with me. Uh, I ain't find my swag till yesterday, and I'm 28. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, shit, back in uh, middle school, you know, I was just... Chilling around in hallways trying to get kisses. Mm-hmm. And patience taught me if you wait long enough, an opportunity comes up. Make sure your penis get hard because then you got to wait three weeks because you fuck up. <laughs> Remember when uh, in middle school that front hug used to mean everything? Bruh. <laughs> Don't don't let me get the back hug when I get to hold your waist. Man, put your game face, put your hands in the over. in the hoodie pocket in the Bruh, front. Game <laughs> over. Oh. If you thought it was nasty though, because uh, I remember me and my first girlfriend ever in life. She used to have like, oh shit! I, you just went down the path. Oh, now you damn. didn't have to, but you did it. <laughs> she didn't. She used to always wear like an athletic hoodie, which was whatever. But I just need to let y'all know for context. My first girlfriend and like my fourth girlfriend was gay. <laughs> I was their beard. Not was R. R. All the way gay. When I'm engaged. Oh, I had to think about it. I was like, who? 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 <laughs> no, what's crazy was I was on Twitter earlier and one of my not my first gay girlfriend, my second gay girlfriend. <laughs> she but she lies a lot. She decided to uh and we're keeping this in the podcast because I want the smoke. <laughs> Uh, she <laughs> likes to lie a lot, and uh, she came out with a rumor that she fucked one of her friends, whatever. So on Twitter, one of her friends was like, "I miss this girl, da 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 da. She bit me over and ate my ass on the kitchen, da 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 da." And I was like, "Yo, are we talking about the same girl that I was with for two and a half years?" And she was like, "Nah." And I was Clutching like, "Pearls, uh, pearl necklace." Ew, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I set myself up. <laughs> Okay, that's enough. Back to the wholesomeness of middle school, because I wasn't done with that. Okay, let's I go. got a damn email sent to my daddy about a front hug, and it was a quick front hug, too. Niggas gonna snitch. That's fucked up. Heavily. I'd snitch, too. 
if you got, if you think about it now, since we're at that age to where now we got to snitch on our friends' kids, if you see one of your close friends' children hug somebody else, would you tell? Probably. Exactly. So <laughs> could you be mad? Oh, and I was hugging on black boys, so they was like, "Nip this shit in the bud." <laughs> you didn't move back to LE for this, and now, little I, did they know. Now I I don't think. I would snitch, but it wouldn't be like, oh, they were white. Nah, hold on, wait, let me think about this. Yeah, it's a whole different, we're talking about a very different cultural difference over here. Yeah. I, but then also, uh, well. <laughs> it, it's, it's so many Because for y'all, because the other thing that was happening to me um, that didn't affect me, but affected the dudes that I was talking to is that the black women that worked at the school felt it was their duty oh, to yeah, protect yeah, yeah. the young black men from yeah. me ruining their lives. Because you was hot cold, little girl. You out here destroying black men's lives. Yeah. And you know football careers. You fucked and up. And reputations. <laughs> you know fake scholarships you done fucked up, Jordan? God. Sorry. Damn. It could have went D1 seven times over. <laughs> it for Jordan Brady. Could've Meanwhile, oh, I was shucks. just trying to live my life and stay committed to one man, and it was a whole, all kinds of interracial shenanigans happening him, all through them hallways. Let him tell it. He could have been on the, uh, he could have been owning the team right now if he never. Anyway. Exactly. So that is also a cultural difference there, because they also felt like they were protecting us in situations but even so we can remove cultural differences so now. now it wouldn't be nearly as serious is is my point because at that time it was like you gotta nip this shit in the bud before it turns into a problem and then it ruins your reputation mm. um was kind of the outlook for both me and the guys yeah we were it was a different there's a different element involved there so if you're now, teaching now as far as like I want my friends to know what their kids are up to. Okay. And we're getting into, like, maybe you might want to have that talk because little Junior is at school getting a little too close to these girls. Somebody better tell them what's mm-hmm. up before it's too late. Especially if I know y'all haven't had that talk or if you've been wondering. Or if you don't want to know. What if they're, what if little Junior is hugging little Jimmy? So here's the thing about that. <laughs> Um, Cause now that I feel like that was behind closed doors when we were growing up. Yeah, I feel like now that shit is going yeah. to be front yeah, and center. It's definitely if it's gonna happening. be different for sure. So for that, it would depend on the parent and how. I, if I know the parents' views, mm-hmm. because if I know that they're going to uh, approach it poorly and not handle it well, I'm not telling. Mm-hmm. That's not my business. I'm not going to do that. If I feel like the kid is like going down a path wrongly not about having a same-sex relationship i don't care same thing but if i feel like they're being poorly influenced by this person mm-hmm. and whatever like they're going for like the bad boy type or whatever and what if someone, it was my kid if it's your kid if it's your kid i'll tell you this is gonna be the same shit hey you know so-and-so started they they dating you might want to have that conversation with them mm. type shit because you i don't think that does it make a difference if it's your kid if my kid was gay. gay? I don't give a shit. I didn't think so. So that's different. But if it was someone that I knew, which I'm, I'm not going to have too many friends. I don't feel like they're going to be too homophobic. But our generation is still trying to feel that yeah. out. And when it comes to your own, it's definitely... The the opinion suddenly changes. You could be a Kevin Hart out here. <laughs> yeah, the view changes Oscar suddenly. <laughs> so uh, if I know that that's happening, 
I'm going to care about the kid because I care about their parent mm-hmm. kind of thing. So they mean something to me. Um, and if I feel like someone needs to be talking to them, either I will approach it or find someone else to approach it. But if I don't think that the parent's going to handle it well, then that's not going to be my first go-to. And then, if anything, I just felt like there were adults in my life that pretended to take me into confidence. And when mm-hmm. I really, really needed an adult to be there for me, they I had none. And, abused. Yeah. and the few ones that acted like they were there for me really just got information from me and then used it against me. <sighs> Thinking they were helping my parents, but in the end, it didn't help anybody. And I got it easy. There were other girls who ended up in much worse situations than me from parents who thought that they were helping and knew better, knew that that parent was not going to react well to Mm -hmm. that. And it turned into a bad situation at home. And then it spiraled out of control. And at that point, there are different people that can help. Like worst comes to worst. If I feel like they need to talk to somebody, I'm going to let a counselor know. I'm going to let a trained professional be Mm -hmm. like, Hey, can you reach out to this kid for me? Which that's also the role of an educator though as well. If they feel like a kid needs to be reached out to by someone who is trained to reach out to them, then that they do that. They tell, hey, you might pull this kid into your office. Mm-hmm. And then there's a confidentiality there that can be handled by someone who is level-headed and it may not turn into a situation at home. Hmm. I just would never want to be... If I'm going to look after them, I want them... The the biggest thing that I feel like I was missing because I, I don't I didn't want for much. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that I felt like I was missing is I did not have an adult in my life that I felt comfortable talking to. The majority of us didn't know. Yeah, I feel and like I want to. I, I feel like we all say we want to change that. I really, really, really want to change that. Yeah, like that is my goal. If that, I have kids, that's so tough though because we can say that now with us not having children and us like you know being freely and free thinking and and trying to better this world however we see fit but once when we have kids like like jordan if you have a kid right now right that is your offspring that is you know the the son to your world right whatever uh and i'm gonna look at that your child as this is my best friend's joy to the world and i want nothing but the best for both of y'all right if your kid comes to me confidentially, I'm going to respect it as if I'm talking to you about it. But then I have to then respect you. Not necessarily. You, if, Unless they're like doing drugs and they're like, if, if it, whatever they're doing is a danger to their life, mm-hmm. then I need to know. But then that, that becomes, um, what's the word? Kerblanche, whatever. I, I can't think of like what makes danger my i don't i don't see danger so it wouldn't matter to me but what (laughs) what makes drugs are dangerous (laughs) no drugs unprotected sex is dangerous but here's the thing i also expect you to give them the type of advice i would give them Mm -hmm. because sometimes there's certain conversations that are just hard to have with your parents for example and i think that what what really fucked me up is growing up with a mom who was a confidant to so many kids my age mm-hmm. without ever telling their parents what was happening, but was able to help them in a, like a, a productive way. Um, but couldn't do the same for me. Couldn't mm-hmm. have those conversations with me and be level headed. I just feel like it's a little different once when it's your own. No, 
Well, I mean, that's the point. I, I've seen successful relationships between parents and children where there's a two-way conversation, mm-hmm. not a one-way conversation. It's possible. And, and there's a way to do it. I want us, literally, and I'm not being facetious or anything. <laughs> I want us to timestamp this and put this shit in a vault. And when we have children, replay it and see if we're still on the same energy. No, I'm fully... No, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm not... This is... I don't have a lot of philosophies when it comes to mm-hmm. parenting. This is my I, one I, philosophy. I, I get it. No, because you're, like, being condescending. No, I'm, <laughs> no, I, like I, I swear for God, I'm not. I'm just saying, like... <sighs> I get what and, you're saying, but what I'm... I'm literally... There is, this is your staple. This is there's. This is it. This, this is the is, cornerstone this is of everything. One. I I know it's one because I've heard it for the last decade. Be we we besties. I know this is like. But your, you're acting your like it's not gonna happen, and I'm no, telling you, it's I'm saying gonna like happen. it. For me, I'm saying like for like. Let's say. Because I've watched my okay. Well, what I'm saying, I'm trying to say. I like, have an example of it, basically, yeah. that I've seen it happen, where mm-hmm. my mom has been very, very close to another mom, and her, the other mom's son, tells my mom more stuff than he at one point was telling his own mom. Mm-hmm. He's now at the point now where he tells his own mom the same things, but he felt like my mom was the only person that he could talk to. Okay, and none of that information she ever told his mom because it was nothing he she needed to know. Mm. And matter of fact, recently I told his mom. About a situation where I um, was about to buy Plan B for him and his girlfriend. And my mom was like, Jordan, I don't think she needed to know that. And I was like, oh, did she not? Oh, okay. Yeah. But like. Wait, like recently buying a Plan B? No, this was like oh, back in the day. Like, I was 18, they weren't. Shit. And so. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah you're asking too many questions. Yeah. But what my I'm bad. saying is I, I've seen it happen. So as far as the like, if my kid comes to, wants to come to you with stuff. And that they're asking you to like keep it private, as long as it's not discretion. That's the word I was looking for earlier yes. when I said card box. There's definitely discretion yeah. to it, and I feel like I anybody that they're comfortable with to go to, that's who they're comfortable with to go to. So mm. hopefully they're going to give them the right advice because that's the other pillar of like how I want to like raise kids is that I cannot control every aspect of their it life, the and there are certain things that they're going to have to learn the hard way. Yeah. And then all I can do is just be there after the fact i'm gonna do everything i can my power to keep them safe tell them what i have to tell them one of the things that i do think that um because uh someone asked me this one time um who was about to her kids are about to become teenagers and she was like what was your mom doing that made you become the person that you are and i was like one of the things she was doing is she was giving me real life examples of shit that would happen like in my face not not no damn teenage drama not nothing on TV, not yeah. nothing on the internet. She was Your showing me real life, yeah. ex- like, and not my classmates because she couldn't give me that information, yeah. but just saying like, like taking kids to soup kitchens and showing them, taking kids to women's shelters and being like, there are certain decisions, there are certain things you can't help. There are certain things you can't help. There are certain decisions you can make and certain decisions you cannot make. Me and my mom had honest, that was the one thing we did have honest conversation about. We didn't have shit to do with men. <laughs> I had no one talked to about guys. That was the whole shenanigan but when it came to drugs and alcohol we had very open and like real conversations from the time i was 12 11 Mm -hmm. 10 like there's gonna be kids around you who have access to alcohol there's gonna be kids around you who have access to drugs here's the reality of it here's what uh the drug dog is gonna tell you here's what's really gonna happen like Mm -hmm. because you know they're saying just say no one taste and you're addicted and my mom was like no there are people that will function with it but that doesn't mean that they're okay 
Right. And we were having that conversation. That's why I was telling her is like, I mean, she just like, she, she kept it real with me. She was showing me like real life examples of stuff. And we had those conversations and she just wanted me to know from like a young age, like these are your paths. Once you make your decision, there are certain times when you just like can't come back from those decisions kind of a thing. Mm. <laughs> Be on your way. And then there were certain things that she like couldn't let the control go of because she didn't like the decisions that I was making. And I felt like the decisions that I was making were not as detrimental to my health as she thought they were. <laughs> huh. <laughs> but either way, if they were to come to you and there is a certain level of trust, because I would want you to keep that trust because then if they, if there's things they're not comfortable talking to me about, they can talk to you about it. And then if there is something that needs to be known, it's not a cutoff situation. Because mm-hmm. if you are just telling me everything that they're telling you, and it's things that they're not comfortable talking to me about. Then I'm the mole. And then once when I'm discovered, <laughs> it's bad. And I mean, and at some you point, you know, yeah, if I'll, there's certain the things way. that are happening, then, you know, I need to know. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. But then there are certain things that just are not a need to know basis. That was a real left turn. We were talking about getting hugs in middle school. And, and the millennium tour. <laughs> here we are. I just drank the rest of my syrup uh, slash... What is it? Moonshine? That shit is tough. Anyways, we did get in our feelings a little bit. <laughs> you brought up gay girlfriends and it was a wormhole from there. Hey, man. It was a wormhole for me for the last however many years. Anyways, Millennium Tour. We're going but not going. <laughs> uh, parents, when we're future parents... We fucking with our own children. You know what I'm saying? We're we going to be their support system. And I had some gay girlfriends. Yeah. I'm almost positive if I have a son, he's going to be gay. Not going to be intentional. I just I just kind of feel it in my bones. This is my thing. If I... And this is what I... I had a struggle with when I was younger. When uh, my cousin slash brother was gay. Or, I want to say cousin because I have two brothers who aren't gay. Uh, or whatever. Um, I I want like that uh, honesty, like that that realness, and I feel like people come out on their own terms. I understand that now, but I still, if you're my child, if you're eight, my nigga, and you feel that way, let me know so then I can handle your not handle your life, but like put you in the right positions from there on out to to make be, educated yeah. decisions. But if you're fucking 25 and you say, oh, Pops, by the way, like, I'm gay. Like, my nigga, we could have handled this and mm-hmm. then. But I guess that all goes into, like, how you raise your children, how yeah, you educate them. And also, you, it makes me feel like, what did I do to make you feel like you yeah. should come talk to me about it? Yeah. And me and Diva was talking about this, like, our camp around me and Khadijah is the most bizarre camp. <laughs> We're, our child is going to be so woke at, like, four years old. My best friend's a white woman. Her best friend's a gay man. Then I have a hotel other best friend, an alcoholic other best friend. Like, I have so many. Diva has so many other people. Not to put labels on people, but, like, we have. We got to put out the alcoholic in the hotel. But it, I have so many people around me and Khadijah to where my child shouldn't feel anything but, like, love and whatever. Like, my nigga, yeah. everybody around you will be another facet of life. And I can tell you this now, 
I don't know if it's just because I don't have my own kids yet, but I be talking to kids like they're adults. I, that's how I'm talking to any kid <laughs> I see. Because uh, one of my close friends just had a baby boy. And number one, I'm not calling him by his real name. I'm calling him by the name I made up. And number two, when I see him uh, in February, I'm talking to him like he's 28. Like, like, bruh, like, don't cry. Stop crying. Here's a pacifier, dude. Like, we went to, uh, I went to an art museum with my friend. She brought her, like, he was at the time six, I think. And <laughs> there was a piece that I interpreted with my adult eyes as um, very graphic. And he interpreted it as, like, a toy. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, well, that's true. But also, <laughs> what else could it stand for? And like, we fully like analyzed this piece of art together. And I, we got to the fact that it also represented murder. <laughs> but he's also a very intelligent little kid. And I feel like he is because his mom has been taking him to art museums mm -hmm. and like different types of, he's experienced a lot at the age that he's at. And he has an understanding of things. And it, there's a way to do it without exposing them to so much that it like melts their brain. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm definitely gonna be like, hey Jordan, do something with him or her. Y'all, y'all go do some shit. I'm finna take a nap. Or a <laughs> blank friend who I know is way woke and has an African American view towards nine thousand. Go do Z with him. Or hey gay best friend, like go do something with him. Like. I want your perspective on my child and for my kid to come back and be like, let me tell you what Aunt Jordan said. Mm -hmm. Like, what? tell me. Tell, what'd she tell you? Oh, and okay, also, all, I'm sick of all my black friends' kids looking at me crazy because they ain't never seen white people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. My, my kid gonna be woke, woke. But like, this is a white woman. She's the devil. <laughs> but we still love them for some reason. <laughs> And now let your grandma tell you how these white people the devil and your great grandma really tell you how these white people. <laughs> okay, we we're so off topic. Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are we going? All right. Well we can come back. Um you want to talk about the playoffs and we'll come back to music. Playoffs? One time for Jamora. We're talking about playoffs? <laughs> playoffs. Mm -hmm. All right. Have you been playing paying attention to the NFL playoffs. Not really. The Steelers are out, so I don't right. care. Look, number one, let's talk about the Steelers for a minute. Number one, y'all finna lose Antonio Brown. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. Y'all are trash. And uh, y'all are losing Le'Veon at the end. Yeah, y'all lost Le'Veon. Mm -hmm. Y'all team is finna be in shambles. It's well, finna be supposedly, the owner said... No, that's a lie. They, they put out new information like every other day. They've also... We had a conversation about whether Mike Tomlin would be done. And then... <sighs> Like the next week, they just started yeah. all auxiliary coaches. See ya. They were like this guy, and then the next guy, this guy, and the next guy. It was like the kicking coach, the linebackers coach, the like. Yeah. <laughs> see but, ya. Uh, the Steelers don't like firing their head coaches. They don't. They're not one of those franchises. So they're gonna keep Mike. But y'all lost Bill. He's finna. He's a free agent now. Uh, Antonio Brown is being a dick for whatever reason. And what what's his name? Uh, Rooney. Whichever Rooney it is, was uh, saying they're not going to release him, but everything else is on the table. <laughs> this is what he said. So that leads up to trades too. Mm -hmm. We'll see whatever. though, because I mean they put some shit together before. It. <sighs> Especially Antonio with, Brown's contract is ridiculous. So with uh, Ben there still, and he's barely, barely. Yeah, but he's still doing his thing. Barely. Yeah, but he's still. Yeah, not in the playoffs, so he's kind of doing this thing. Anyways, uh... We also had a lot of people fucking hurt. 
y'all have uh, Jimmy from South Park as y'all linebacker. <laughs> A.K.A. Ryan Shazier. Anyway, so. moving the fuck on. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know any better. Uh, so, Saturdays, if you didn't know, if you don't pay attention to sports, uh, it's the NFL playoffs, and this is a, the most wonderful time of the year because it's the playoffs. Saturday isn't tomorrow? Saturday isn't today because it's 3.18 in the fucking morning. <laughs> what the fuck you mean? So, uh, we have the Colts versus the Chiefs and the Cowboys versus the Rams. Uh, so, Chiefs and Colts, if you want to run down, Colts are on fire. Chiefs have Pat Mahomes. I don't know who to pick. I'll flip a coin for that. Yeah. And Cowboys I would around. love to see Pat Mahomes continue his run. Yeah, because he... he uh, uh, He's a stand-up guy. And he's... And he uh, likes ketchup. He, I'm not melanin... Um, what what's the derogatory term for mixed people? Mulatto. Mulatto. Andy's mulatto. <laughs> so I'm with it. I told you, whatever that shit is. This is going to be a nice, interesting forty five minutes. <laughs> the rest of the shit, right? Yeah, here. we got to continue on. Uh, Colts and Chiefs. I'm gonna go with Chiefs because number one, it's uh, a Chiefs song. I want Andy Reid to continue on because mm-hmm. Andy Reid can never do anything in the playoffs and he's always getting shit for it. He looks like my dad. Definitely looks like your dad. <laughs> kind of coaches like him too. <laughs> and uh, I just want to see them continue on without their domestic running back or domestic abusing running back. Uh, Say what? Yeah. Homegrown? <laughs> we have homegrown tra- contracts Dumb in the NFL now? And, uh... I'm I'm rooting for the Chiefs, mm-hmm. Cowboys, Rams. Hear me out, because it's gonna get a little weird. I I want to get to the bottom of it. Cowboys, Rams. I want the Cowboys to win. Now I hate to the Cowboys without a shadow of a doubt. I hate everything about that team. I hate the owner, even though I acknowledge that he's one of the greatest sports business minds, other other than like the Roonies and the Buses, is Jerry Jones. And like Johnson, Lamar Hunt. Lamar Hunt. He's like the originator of the NFL, and he owns FC Dallas. Well, he did. He's dead. His oh, family owns it. Okay. Rest He's in peace, Lamar. The creator of the Super Bowl. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. He also they also own the Chiefs, I think. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, he's one of the greatest uh, sports minds. He finessed the league a thousand times over. Then he reinvented the way that leagues should celebrate their stadiums uh now every team in the league is kind of trying to upgrade their stadiums uh what's his name what was i I talking about jerry jones jerry jones is (laughs) one of the greatest minds but he is a slave owner and he is a piece of shit uh so i want them to win because sunday we have the eagles versus saints chargers versus pats I want the Eagles to beat the Saints. And what would happen is the Eagles would come to Dallas for the NFC Championship. So then I could go to the fucking game and act a complete ass in my perfect world if the Cowboys are in the Eagles. If the Cowboys beat the Rams and go to the NFC Championship, do you think the Eagles have a chance against them? Against the Cowboys? Yes. If the cow, if the Eagles on beats, that on the hype that they're on right now, if this is my the thing. momentum they got going. This is my thing. If the number one team in the NFC by like no other bar is the Saints, 
The Eagles can beat the Saints, which has a dominant run game, a phenomenal pass game, and a solid defense. The Eagles can beat them, and we go, and we're going to be in New Orleans. So if we can beat them, then the Cowboys is definitely going to be a challenge, but it's not going to be anywhere near the Saints. So I'm just doing process of elimination for us to get back to the Super Bowl because I'm an <laughs> Eagles fan. So <laughs> if we can Y'all beat the Saints. got the same Saints, chance the Cowboys got. <laughs> nah, we got a better one, and we won oh. last year, so fuck you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if the Eagles uh, beat the Saints, uh, it doesn't even matter who comes out of that other mm-hmm. divisional game. If we beat the Saints, we're going to the Super Bowl. Oh. Like, there's no question. Okay. Just, just hear me out. Uh, and then I the feel Chargers. Like this is the most momentum I've seen out of the Cowboys in a long fucking time. The eleven three year was crazy too, but they had the fucked up playoffs with the uh, is it the, the catch? catch? Yeah, yeah, that's the that was what I was gonna yeah, say. The, since since then. then, yeah, and then that just ruined everything. They're on fire, and the Cowboys defense is dope. Yeah. Like they have a linebacker core. They got a fucking vendor, vendor whatever steroid infused motherfucker he is. He is killing shit. And then they have uh, Gregory, the D tackle, who is awesome. So then the Chargers and Pats. Nobody roots for Tom Brady anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody. So really? I won't feel so the whole point of this way. was you just wanted to put your little theory out there, and that was that. That was my theory, <laughs> and my theory is going to stand strong next time we record. Uh, in February, <laughs> March, <laughs> I'm staying corrected. Oh, Memorial Day. Yeah, man. <laughs> so um, that was Sports Corner. Do you have an opinion? This is a couple weeks old as well. About how um, everyone feels that black coaches are scrutinized more heavily and are more easily fired. Did you see that whole argument? I don't think they are though. I feel like everyone that got fired was a pretty reasonable fired. My mind. Number one, the Cincinnati coach, uh, I can't think Marvin of Lewis. Yeah, he was like four years <laughs> overdue. Marvin <laughs> Lewis should have been fired. Yeah, he had plenty of patience because yeah. that's what a lot of people were saying is that uh, white coaches are afforded more patience and more mistakes than black coaches. I, I don't, I don't want to say that it's true because there are black coaches who are doing excellent. I.e., the Chargers coach who was black who was you know turned that franchise around. Tomlin uh, lost Le'Veon Bell, and he still got a job. Tomlin, yeah. <laughs> Tomlin lost a lot of his key players mm-hmm. and still turned out a winning season for that team. Uh, the the thing is, you can maybe say there aren't enough black coaches in the league. Yes, that for sure. Yeah. Head coaches specifically. Yeah, yeah. That, that's I'll thing. take that, yeah. But the to say, like, oh, black coaches are being fired easily. No, fucking Hugh Jackson isn't a head coach, but he still gets <laughs> head coach jobs. <laughs> Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I thought it was definitely a reach, in in my opinion. I can get, like, you know, like you said, what they're saying. like, And that's, I, that's I think, you're correct in that. Yeah. It, the conversation is being misdirected here. It's not so much about patience for them in the position. It's about getting allowing them in that position yeah. in the first place, giving them that opportunity. Yeah. For sure. Uh, fucking John Rivera, who is uh, Hispanic, who is the head coach of the uh the Panthers. I don't know why I was trying to think of a C name. I think I was thinking of Carolina. Yeah, the Carolina Panthers has shitty years and has good years, and he still has a job. Like, his job security is on point. So, I don't think there's a, mon- a minority issue 
when yeah. it comes to uh, across security. the league anyway. There yeah. might be specific programs where the owners are weird. <laughs> yeah, the owners might apply pressure if someone is of color, but I don't think so because they're Hugh Jackson is my number one. <laughs> He fucking took the Browns and won four games in like four years type <laughs> shit. And they had and nothing happened. Yeah, yeah. And they what's the quarterback name? Fucking the the guy from Oklahoma. It's, it's not um, Manziel. It's, it's the ultimate bro. He's even worse than Manziel. Yeah. <laughs> uh damn, what's his name? Brody. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Baker Mayfield is the quarterback. And he had the whole Baker Mayfield. Hoopla couldn't do anything with it. He goes to the Bengals uh, and is a, a offensive coordinator there. Mayfield tortures that team twice and was just like <laughs> talking shit and looking at Hugh Jackson like you bum bitch. You couldn't do shit with me. Like no man. I, I feel yeah. like there's a a bigger question, a broader question of why isn't there African American and uh, coaches of color in the league? Yeah. But I feel like every coach has the same opportunities from owners. To try to turn a franchise around before they fuck it up. So far, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And there are definitely sometimes questionable choices for sure here and there. But mm-hmm. I think those are uh, case by case. Yeah. Specific to that uh, franchise. The franchise. Or the teams specific around to that them, program. Yeah. What coach. Because coaches have specialties and what yeah. they're good at. What the chemistry at. among the staff. Yeah. Staff to players. If the, if the franchise is focusing on a specific player, they might not give a shit about the coach. Yeah. And Which if, is not if they as do put the on NFL, a coach, they uh, definitely that coach needs to be uh, a fan and the biggest f- supporter of whatever player. Buy so, in. Yeah, uh, for example, Baker Mayfield. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not a fan of Baker Mayfield, and we just spent X, Y, and Z to get him, and this is now our franchise player, bitch, you better be a fan, <laughs> or you're not going to get hired. And if you do, and you don't show support. You're not gonna make it too far. Yeah, Hugh Jackson, you bum bitch. <laughs> so anyway, so while we're here, is Cliff Kingsbury gonna do anything in the in the NFL? Oh, this this is the USC guy, right? No, Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Oh, I remember seeing this. I I don't know too much about him. I just <laughs> the, seen the the notification that I got because for one, ESPN and thus all the other sports uh, apps and like uh, outlets. Have gotten into like sending out emojis with their stuff to like, because they're sending out notifications every five seconds. So yeah. they're like trying to make it cool. Because now ESPN has gone to this bullet point list, which I don't like at all. I'm a fan <laughs> of the bullet points. Like, I mean, just, I get just it. give me the tips. Let yeah. me know what's going on. Um, with the game. But Bleacher Report reported this and said, because um, who picked them up? Uh, the Cardinals. Okay. So um, they said, uh, Cardinals consider Cliff Kingsbury showing how thirsty the league is for NC2A <laughs> <laughs> offense. And it was like a little thirst emoji, like splash emoji, yeah. and then a football. And I was like, ew, <laughs> why? Also, Dale Hansen went off about this subject last night. And you know Dale Hansen is like the the wokest like white man on yeah, Southern yeah, News. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, bruh. <laughs> yeah, he he three woke. He, but he fully like went off on his typical like we don't give black people enough support. And I have white privilege, and I know that. And get the, I, I get. I usually fuck with what he has to say, but I just it was a reach a little bit. Yeah, I also didn't watch it. I just because of the the subject matter, I was like, eh. yeah, I heard the the. But he uh, also hates Jerry quotes. Jones, so that's also why I love him. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he hates everything Jerry Jones does for the Cowboys. He is, um, 
been his biggest critic mm. for like the last couple of years. Man, Jerry, he a slave owner, but uh, you take care of them cowboys. Oh, he used Kingsbury as a a jump off for white privilege, right? For uh, yeah, in the league, yeah. Kingsbury fits all the criteria to be a head coach in the NFL. He's an offensive genius. He's young, and he's white, and not necessarily in that order. Is a quote. But you can you can look at that, and then you can bring up Sean McVay, who is like the league's offensive genius, and has taken the Rams to levels with a mediocre quarterback at best, and has taken that team to the NFC Championship. No, he he's eleven win seasons back to back. I know that for sure. Hmm. So uh, I'm. <sighs> It's a reach. He didn't win shit at Texas Tech, so why would you hire him on? Like, whatever. He did bring up the same point that you did, though, is that um, getting fired at one place and getting another chance isn't the problem, but young, talented coaches of color not getting that chance, that's a huge problem. Yeah. That is valid. Right. I, that And that's the issue. I feel like anyone who's looking at it says, like, Nigga, if you suck, you suck. You should get fired. But there's nobody in the league of color. I did forget about the Rooney rule, which is insane. Yeah. Is it insane that it's there or is it insane that it had to be stated? That it needs to happen. Yeah. Which he also put. I guess I should have watched this because I saw a lot of people critiquing it. Mm -hmm. And I just saw. But all the quotes I agree with for the most part. People forget about the Rooney rule, but that's a whole thing. And I feel like the league is kind of like a little bit trying. Like maybe fifteen percent trying, but yeah, that, that's another quote. That. The covert racism in the NFL ownership group is so bad. The NFL had to make a rule so that minority coaches could at least get an interview. Yeah, which is it the nineteen fifties? Like we're still having to like right. force you to consider. Yeah, man, it's just not a lot of African Americans in the in that position on even the NCAA level. Yeah, that was the to next even one get I was the go to, yeah. Too. The NFL sucks, but I will watch the Eagles in every playoff game. Yeah, I remember when everybody was like, we're not watching the NFL this year. How'd Until that your go? favorite team made the playoffs. <laughs> the Saints. <laughs> the Cowboys. Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> and now we watching. Yeah. Head ass. And shut the fuck up. You only <laughs> don't care because your team was garbage. <laughs> Be honest. And just for the record, I'm here for to see the Rams. You here for the Rams? Yeah. All the way? All the way? To the Super Bowl? I wouldn't be mad at that. You don't want to see my Eagles back to back? Absolutely not. Uh, I wasn't that bad last year. I mean, you know what's crazy? Okay, so I finally have a my stop being an asshole. <laughs> I have I finally got an Eagles jersey from my uncle. Right, I saw that. Which is a Michael Vick jersey. Oh, so this is what <laughs> I, I won last year. You got year. a jersey? Oh no, I, I had this jersey last year when we won the Super Bowl. You right, you right, you right. Yeah. I forgot. So, uh, I wore that one time for the actual Super Bowl. We won. Never put it on again. Oh. So, my work, my job email was like, hey, if you support the Cowboys, you can wear your paraphernalia, da-da-da-da. And I thought I was like, I ain't got nothing but an Eagles t-shirt. And I forgot about the jersey. But if the Eagles win, I'm wearing my uh, Eagles Michael Vick jersey. And I just want to see the white people just, (laughs) just be pissed. So, we've discussed a lot of things. What else were we discussing? Oh, we'll get to that on memes. Uh, One more thing, and then we'll get to memes. Um, This is just a discussion topic. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you didn't pay attention whatsoever to this because it stems from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Have you gotten into the new season at all? I haven't been forced to watch it. <laughs> so um, this t- uh, season, uh, Ronnie DeVoe's wife is a new housewife. Shamari. I think I know where we're going with this. <laughs> um, and they were just on The Breakfast Club. That's the the first inver- interview that's come out. So mm-hmm. that was what I was going to talk about first. Um, one of the main topics that they talked about was, so uh, if you don't know, <laughs> who what group is Shamari in? Uh, Black. Black. So Shamari is a singer for Black. And they did like a little like two of them performed as Black Reunited. And I would, in that, I would go as far to say that she was, like, the lead singer. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and, like, really look. Mm-hmm. I was a little young for Black. And then Ronnie DeVoe was a part of... Bell Biv DeVoe. Bell no, Biv that. DeVoe. Um, uh, why is it not coming to me? I was going to say New Kids on the Block. Fucking... Uh, new Edition. New Thank Edition. You. Yeah. So, he was part of New Edition, then Bell Biv DeVoe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they both got together... In the middle of a music industry that we've already discussed was problematic. Early ni- late eighties, early nineties. I can't figure out how old they are. 90s. I'm trying to figure out when, when they were adults because when they first started, when they really like fell in love and shit, they were like twenty one and twenty three or some shit. Then they got married at twenty two and twenty six. Late eighties. So it was in the middle of this music industry. Also, something that I found inter- interesting uh, pertaining to all of that was um the Teddy Riley interview and then Keith Sweat backed up that interview with a lot of the stuff that he said is that the consistent message there was don't be in a relationship, don't be getting married, don't be trying to show off yourself as a monogamous person because it's going to affect sales. Because mm-hmm. that there was a lot of conversation about if anyone actually tried to talk Bobby out of getting married to Whitney and how it was going to affect the image. And then Keith also reiterated some things in his interview that like the label was like, don't be getting too attached to one girl because that's gonna like ruin your sales. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that going on too. So they were battling that, but they were like in love. They got married. Then they got a couple years into the marriage, and they felt like they needed to like shake things up a bit. Shamari felt like she got married really young, and there were certain things that she didn't get to get out of her system. So she brought to uh, Ronnie the the idea of opening up their relationship. Mm-hmm. the terms of their open relationship was they could both have sex with women. She was not allowed to have sex with men. Um, they wouldn't tell each other about it. Um, what they did like on the side, although they did end up introducing each other to like girls that they had like fooled around with. Um, and then they ultimately said that, um, at the time it sounded like a great idea <laughs> that it led to like a lot of jealousy. Mm-hmm. And then they had like a lot of problems and, the only reason they're still together because they did separate for a little bit is through marriage counseling. So what is your opinions on open relationships? And was that a true open relationship since she had parameters? Uh, I feel like it's, it depends on your relationship. Like you get to set whatever boundaries you want for whatever you see fit for the relationship. So mm-hmm. if you say, oh, I get to sleep with women, I get to sleep with you get to sleep with women, I get to sleep with women, that's what's okay, then that's what's okay for that relationship. Uh, I feel like, and I'm, I don't want to go on record, but if <laughs> motherfucker, uh, I'm getting, I'm only getting married once in my life. I, I'm not doing this twice. This is ridiculous. It's a lot of fucking work. I ain't got time for this shit all the time. If this doesn't work out, I, 
I'm doing something like they're doing, but mine's is going to be a little bit more fucking ridiculous. Like, I, everybody has their own, like, thing. And I feel like it, I don't know. I don't even know how to put this in words. Like, you go. Let me let me gather my thoughts. First and foremost, I could never do an open relationship, period. Okay. But I also do not jump into relationships very fast. So I kind of do live out like an open relationship for a long time. I have a lot of situationships in my life mm-hmm. because I'm not one to commit very fast. Because for me, if we've decided that's where we're at, that's where we're at. So if I'm in the talking stage with someone and I'm in the dating stage with someone, I afford a lot more freedom than most. So that if we get to the point where we've decided we're going to be monogamous, we're going to be monogamous. Mm-hmm. Make that decision and stick to it. Okay. Kind of a thing. Because once I'm there, I'm great at it, but it has to be a certain way and I have to be afforded a certain amount of comfortability when it comes to my trust in you. Blah, 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 blah. I wouldn't necessarily call myself like a severely jealous person, but I am human and those reactions definitely do come. I feel like I can definitely be territorial. I don't know. I just feel like I wouldn't, I don't like being in a relationship and not being comfortable. Mm -hmm. So if I feel like I've lost my comfortability to the point where I can't like, I'm never jealous enough that I can't allow someone to hang out with with women. That's fine. Whatever. Live your life. Mm -hmm. Don't make me feel uncomfortable. Don't have me looking stupid. Once it gets to that point, then we have something to discuss and then it's a problem. So we would never get to the point of it being like open and we would never get to the point of me being like a jealous person. Because if you're, if I'm feeling jealous all the time, there's a problem. And it's not necessarily me being jealous. Like, I feel like I, there's a give and take here mm-hmm. of some sort. Either way, that's to the left. I think that a lot of men are like, hell yeah, I'm for an open relationship until it's reciprocated both ways. And then they're like, actually, no, fuck that. I'm going to do what I want to do, but you can't be doing all that. Okay. Okay, okay. I, I found my, my train of thought. You ready? All right. Uh, yes, I could 100% do an open relationship, and this is motherfucking why. Uh, I feel like if you... I, I'm, I don't care about the physical act as much as I care about the open dialogue back and forth. Mm-hmm. So if we're on the same page where if you wanted to say a... Babe, I'm finna go do X, Y, and Z. Or I'm finna go out on a date with so-and-so. If you let me know, then I could wrap my mind around the situation. Because I'm I'm so, like, blase, nonchalant. Not too much shit affects me to that point. Especially if I'm just looking at it in a black and white aspect. So, if, we're, if we start off like, hey, this is open. Hey, we're together. This is me and you. Uh, and then from there, if we want to see other people, as long as we know, or let each other know, whatever, as long as you're not fucking 30 dudes in a night, like my nigga, like, okay, if you get yours, I get mine, we can get ours together. Like, I wouldn't be opposed to any situation, however you see it. So if we want to bring, this is going to sound weird. If we want to bring a guy in a room, if we want to bring a girl in a room, like whatever the case as long as what's understood is understood, it's cool. Like, I'm not fucking a dude, but if that's what you're into, as long as I can wrap my mind around it before it actually happens, I'd, I'd be open to it. Now, I'm saying that now, maybe after the first time, you're like, I don't know. 
Like seeing my chick do some shit like but that. But you're willing but, to try. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to try is the moral of the story. And if if that's like it's a fucking relationship. Sometimes shit gets weird. Like everybody has their own thing for a relationship. Like mm-hmm. as long as it's set then that's what you base everything off of. I feel like if you enter into it as open, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Using openness to fix the relationship, yeah, that, I don't that's, think that's going to work when, out. And I think I that's what lost. they figured yeah. out. Like, it's not necessarily, unless it's something that both of you were, like, discussing at the beginning, but you weren't comfortable, like, trying yet, and then it's an experiment you want to try, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But if it's like, I'm not getting what I need from you, I need to seek it in someone else. Yeah. This is a problem. We, we've That's been the actual nine, problem. Yeah, we've been together nine years. Now we want to open it up. Yeah. There's no way that could happen. But yeah. if we meet each other day one and I tell you like, hey, I'm into you. But also like, have you ever thought about this? And let's go from there. And then whatever we set is what we set. Then fuck it. That's what we own right now. Yeah. I just like, well, for one, where all of my insecurities stem from, like the the root of them, <laughs> the open relationship would just absolutely wreck my entire mind. I just know I'm available to admit that is a weak point for me, mm-hmm. which is why I am so like free flowing in the beginning. I don't want to set any parameters. I don't want to set any like whatever. And I'm just going to wait to see how actions play out. Yeah. And then once I see certain behaviors, then let's start having a conversation. Let's open up the conversation of, what is this? Where are we going? Are mm-hmm. we doing something? We're not. Because if not, then we need to stop these type of behaviors type of thing. But I know that once I've decided this is what I'm doing, I feel like I need that back. <laughs> and yeah. that's what I'm doing. That's, yeah. I like monogamy, period. That is what it is. And that's who I am as a person. I also am in a group with a lot of women who are in poly relationships like several different combinations like the girl has two boyfriends or the there's a husband and a wife the wife has a boyfriend the husband has a girlfriend uh the wife has a girlfriend and that's it um like a bunch of different Mm -hmm. situations like that and i they'll all kind of come to the group and just talk about like different questions that they have about it and like where do you go from it? And every time, every single one of those relationships I've seen, eventually there is some kind of jealousy mm-hmm. within that relationship. And I just feel like it's just another headache that I wouldn't want to have. That's yeah. just too much. <laughs> like, we're already going to have our own problems. That's just another unnecessary problem. But there are people out there that just say that, like, there's no way one person will provide everything you need. And I get that. That's an absolute, like, definite thing. But for me, the like fun in relationships, and this is going to sound so um, masochist of me, is knowing that I care about this person so much that I'm willing to work through those things that I don't work out for me and finding the good things and finding so much value in those things that they outweigh the things that don't mean that aren't there for me. Mm-hmm. And then having a relationship where we um, trust each other enough to have the a communication and a, a dialogue where we can talk about the things that we are missing and see what we can do to like fix those. And I'm like fully like, I want to, I just want to talk about everything. <laughs> yeah. I want to have a conversation. I don't want it to be an argument. I don't like arguing. It's not fun to me. Um, I thoroughly enjoy conversations about the relationship. 
and like where we're at, whether that be negative or positive. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I don't like being critiqued, but it also, it always ends up helping. And I've realized that like my longest relationship, that was the thing we were missing the most is that I was never honest with him ever about anything. I was just yes to everything. Cause I feel like that's what I was supposed to be to hold mm-hmm. it down. Kind of a thing. Whereas he was free form love telling me what he didn't like about me <laughs> all the time. I mean, yeah, it's, I don't have any kind of uh, expertise when it comes to open. I've never been open with someone. I've lied to people a lot uh, and, you know, lived a lot of bullshit. But I feel like if my slate was clean and I didn't have the love of my life in my life, I love you, Khadija Finger, because this is real sketchy what we've been talking about. All hypothetical. All hypothetical. Uh, If I met someone and I was just like, hey, look, X, Y, and Z. And I've even talked to Diva about this. Like, bruh, if I wasn't with you, I promise, for God, this is what the <laughs> fuck I'd be doing. Because I just feel like it'd be easier. Like, on paper, if you write it down, it just seems like if you if you laid, like, a contract, if you, <laughs> pun intended, R. Kelly this shit the fuck out. Stop. No. <laughs> no, could. there is no pun there. No, it's not funny. I'm sorry. Uh, if you... <laughs> If you figure this out, like there there are successful situations I've seen, uh, whether it be TV or whatever, that makes it seem not easy. Everything takes work, but makes it seem like it can, it could happen. So every everybody has their own thing, and you know more power to you, yeah. whatever whatever that Do may be. I, I'm not going to judge you at all. Sometimes I'm envious, uh, but yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah everybody's not built the same. And I've, I've talked to this with some of my friends about like, if I was single, could I be, do poly? And I'm like, motherfucker, you can't handle one, let alone two mm-hmm. or three. Mm-hmm. So, uh, everything I'm saying is all based on bullshit. Uh, it's just me wishful thinking. Uh, if I was in a, if I see you next lifetime, one time for, uh, Erica Badu, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a thing, and, and I, I just I applaud anybody that tries it. Yeah, I really honestly think, too, that um, a lot of dudes say they're about their life, and they're really not about their life. Because it takes finances, uh, A, because if you're going to, some some people can't support one chick, let alone two or three. Uh, it takes a lot of dick power. It takes a lot of willpower. It takes well, a lot of... And I just don't think that dudes can actually handle seeing women... That too. Taking control like that and being like, all right, cool. See ya. Because men are much more obsessive about body counts, are much more mm-hmm. obsessive about. Men are more fragile when it comes to dating. Yeah. Yeah. So. And egos. That's one thing I know I don't think I'd have that big of an issue with. My thing would be like, dick power. Like, I got to fuck all y'all. Like, tonight. Shut the fuck up. Like, y'all all want to be fucked? I'm like, damn, this is going to suck, bro. Like, I'm going to be tired, tired. Like, calling to my <laughs> boss, like, look, I ain't coming in. They're like, oh, are you sick? No, but my wee-wee is. Cut. We're done. <laughs> Cut it. Yeah, I'm just it's saying. It's 4 o'clock like, in the morning. I can't. It is all the way 4 o'clock in the crack-ass morning. I'm just saying, like, sometimes that's a thing. Okay. Um... Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, huh? 
All right. Bell Biv DeVoe. Murdered that. For sure, for sure. Meme of the week. I don't have a meme of the week, but I have a story. Okay, wait. Before you do that, this is not my meme of the week, but an internet trend that I saw. Have you seen the when the song doesn't match the video Mm -mm. videos? I have to show you these because I, I, if you hadn't seen them. Oh, I seen one when it was like the guys in Mexico, like doing the synchronized shit. No, this is an actual video made for an actual song. And if you were to watch it without hearing it, you would think one way completely. And then you have to like actually listen to the lyrics and it's like, wait, what? Okay. Okay, wait. I'm going to turn the volume down. Watch it in silence for a little bit because that's what I did. And then turn the volume back up. Okay. Like, just just like, once you think you have the gist of what's happening, you're probably good. What? (laughs) No. (laughs) This a boy band? Nah, bruh. This is a part two. I haven't watched the second one. That's great marketing. <laughs> great marketing. That's their. That that's what they know. These kids are probably. Then who the fuck made the music then? Them. That they're that age. This is just like they're. This is how they choose to express themselves. This is how they like dress and talk all the day, every day, every day. It's probably where they're from. It's it's got to be a, a bigger meaning. Nah, dog. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. They've got to, all right, it's got to be a bunch of African-Americans, obviously found some group and decided to make a music video to whatever bullshit song they heard. The first comment is, how do they get so many people to agree to this? Exactly. There's no way that's a genuine song by them. Voices don't even match the faces. Yeah, they do. No, nah, no. Nah. They match up. No, I'm not saying like their lips aren't sick. I'm saying their voices sound like a bunch of uh, kids from Pleasant Grove. Oh, these are. <laughs> I've been duped. <laughs> these are songs from like somebody else, apparently. Yeah, I knew they had to be trolling. There's no way. It was good, though. I fuck with it. It's confusing uh, Jurassic Jordan. Shazam this right here then. Please, because I don't know what the fuck this is. Hey Siri, what's playing right now? I know that that song. Justin Bieber? Yeah. 
we both I'm we, watched. I, me, you, and Siri. I was like, <laughs> the fuck? I know that one. I'm washed. That is so funny. Well, I'm mad because I got duped and I'm not getting duped on my own goddamn podcast. <laughs> so what we gonna talk about is these little kids oh, trolling shit. the internet with this oh, when the song doesn't match the video. Oh my god. <laughs> you wanna switch the narrative on a motherfucker. Yep, fuck that. Fuck it. I'ma just keep saying Jordan got duped, so you you either in or out. You gotta we gonna cut the whole segment damn. then, god damn it. That's fucked up. I'm also too fucking old for Justin Bieber. <laughs> All right, Shazam this. It sounds like Boyfriend by Big Time Rush. <laughs> you looking like boo-boo, 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 boo-boo the food. <laughs> we are way too old for Big Time Rush. Hey guys, it's Jordan from the future. I'm editing this podcast and realizing that at some point... It just stopped recording and Charles recognized it as you're going to see in the next clip, but didn't do anything about it. So I'm going to leave in the fact that I'm a dumbass who doesn't recognize young cultural music so that we can also recognize the fact that Charles sucks at running the keyboard while we're recording. <laughs> so there's about to be a weird break. I'm sorry. I'm not letting another podcast sit in the vault because we fucked up the recording because everything else is chill. Stick with us, man. We're working through the bumps, all right? Okay, thanks. Bye. Okay. I think we're good. You positive? I don't know. I'm not HIV positive, but you know. You know what? All right. What What was you about to say? All right. So I don't have a meme of the week. Uh, I have failed the memeologist. <laughs> uh, I ain't shit. But I do kind of have a meme of the week. So I've been seeing on Twitter. Uh, they've been ranking uh, wealth uh, by, you know, different standards. So it'd be like number two, uh, people who have smart cars. Number three, people who own off-whites, whatever. Now, number one is always people who own AirPods, right? <laughs> so guess what I own? A pair of AirPods. We already know. Yes, I love my AirPods. They're the best invention I've ever had. In my life. Now, Thursday, no, Wednesday, I'm sorry. Uh, I, every day, every time, I go downstairs uh, to vape. Uh, so, Wednesday at around 4.30, go down, I'm heading down the elevator. Uh, I see one of my colleagues that I shadowed one day to try to see if I wanted to try to apply for a job. We're speaking um, and I have my AirPods in my hand because I had to take them out to hear what she was saying. Now, I look at the elevator shaft every day with my AirPods in my ear, and I think, man, that would be crazy if I dropped one of my AirPods down this hole. <laughs> but, you know, conventional wisdom and me being an adult know that I would never do such a thing. So I'm talking to my colleague, and we're, you know, speaking back and forth, and we're talking about the wedding and how I'm so frustrated that I didn't know I had to get my own tux. Because I didn't know man was supposed to do that. I thought the woman was. And in the mix of me putting my fucking AirPods in my pocket, guess what the fuck I did? <laughs> Throw them down the air shaft. Dropped one of my AirPods down the elevator shaft. <laughs> that motherfucker. And she was like, oh, no. I was like, I think about doing that all the time when I finally did it. God damn it. <laughs> 
So uh, I told the Renaissance Towers where I work, uh, I told them about it. It was like, yeah, we'll check the elevator shafts, but uh, it's 12 stories, bro. Like, it's damn near cooked. So the last two days I've been out on the ass. And finally she was like, I have your number. If we find it, I'll call you. <laughs> so You're going to find that damn AirPod? Nah, I'm cooked. So I got to spend $50 to buy another AirPod. I mean, technically you don't have to. You can get you some Raycon Globals. No. <laughs> uh, AirPod is definitely the way to go. Okay. And what is your meme of the week, Jordan? <laughs> nice story time. Um, I have been enjoying this. Uh, some of you didn't insert an activity or thing and it shows the one I chose to share. Cause I didn't realize it was a trend is, um, some of you didn't snap green beans on your back porch with your mama and it shows, but it's a lot of them. <laughs> of course I didn't save them. I'm a little lost. <laughs> Target hopped on. It says some of you need a trip to Target and it shows. Oh, okay. I get it now. I get it. Some of y'all never lied to your parents about being at a sleepover when you were really dead in the field from drinking and it shows. <laughs> Well, it just really will like, it's a really specific way to like, really to someone. Some of you didn't have to get a job when you turned 16 and it shows. <laughs> Me. <laughs> K-pop Twitter's heavy on this one. Some of you never had to download music from LimeWire and it shows. I was just speaking that truth. <laughs> LimeWire bear share, bro. Cause I, where the real download is at? Peer to peer, holla at your boy. Fucking Dr. Phil tweeted, some of you never watched Dr. Phil and it shows. Wow. <laughs> Cloud chasing ass, old ass bitch. Nah, he ain't no bitch. I'm sorry, Dr. Phil. <laughs> some of you never had to smoke mids out of a soda can and it shows. Mmm. That's a struggle. I don't know. <laughs> some of y'all's parents let you have a boy in your room with a door shut and it shows. <laughs> That's actually my fiance. Oh. She, her parents allow shit like that. And then she was trying to tell me that that's cool. I was like, uh, the fuck it ain't. <laughs> Some of you never woke up to George Lopez theme song blasting at 3 a.m. shows. <laughs> that's a clap. Some of you never had, have never chugged a four loco when you were 17, and it really shows. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sound like the ops. <laughs> them ops. They got somebody. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yikes. If you don't know the op stand for niggas stolen cars, uh, <laughs> ripped my jeans. Almost didn't get my damn engagement ring fucking with Jordan in the STEM apartment. Man, don't even. I tell my kids about that shit. Tony Stark, some of you had a father who loved you and it shows. Also Tony Stark. And some of you had my father love you and it really shows Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the Avengers last night. <laughs> But I just skipped to the middle. I was like, I ain't got time for the fluff. Give me the real shit. And watch Thanos fuck up the galaxy. <laughs> I still have never seen that. What? You should. You should. I'd People watch it again. are really dragging this meme down with, like, two real stuff. We don't have time for that in memes. Memes should always be fun. And if you get mad. It's just a meme. Yeah, you're taking it too far. Come on, bro. You took it to the nipples, and it's just a joke on the internet. Hey, man. It's not real. You're not ever going to meet this person in real life. You get the idea. But some of you never snap green beans with your mama on the back porch, and it shows. I, I Now I get it. Mm-hmm. I get mm-hmm. the context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Which I just saw it and thought that it was funny. And then 
turns out it's a really good way to like single out a group of people really mm. quickly because you just tweet it and the people that relate are going to retweet it. <laughs> ah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then there's also a way to be like really funny with it, but it's 4.15 and I am. Speaking of Avengers, we're about the same runtime as the Avengers. <laughs> oh, this is getting cut. Come on, I got duped. That's all coming out. <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> Some of you had iTunes, no cloud, and it shows. <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all agreed to the terms and conditions without reading them, and it shows. Yeah, you sleepy, bro. I'm real sleepy. <laughs> All right. That's it. You ain't got a meme. I was the only one with a meme. I, I brought a story, though. I have redeemed myself from stand cutting, although it is a internet trend. And I've been watching slime videos all week. I brought a story. I lost the AirPod for y'all motherfuckers. Appreciate this greatness. Anyways, Bezo, <laughs> please wrap this shit up. So basically, in 2019, the motto is progression. And if you refuse to adapt, you're going to be feeling as left out as Soldier Boy when he saw the lineup for the Millennium Tour. <laughs> <laughs> Soldier and Bow Wow. Yep. Both the motherfuckers left out. At the house. You ain't going, dog. Go home, Roger. <laughs> hey, it is. Anyways, uh, if you fucking with us, man, please like, review, uh, share. So to find us on Instagram, we're at you mad. It's a meme. It's just like how it's spelled. No spaces, no underscores, no nothing. Nothing. And we out here, dog. Like uh, our page on Facebook. Share it. Look. Look, I need y'all to understand. Share the SoundCloud leak on Twitter. Eventually, we'll be cross-platform. One day. Mm-hmm. But it's it's 426 in the morning. <laughs> My brain is fried. Just do us this favor, and we promise please, to be more consistent. Please, I promise. Just, Linda, listen. My fucking sinus cavities is now all fucked up. I'm, we look, probably can't man. even hear you anymore. There's one long vocal fry. Whatever, That's what it is I'm looking at, too. <laughs> Whatever you do, whatever you do, just don't be the next me. Holla. Deuces. Fucking four o'clock in the morning ass. (laughs)